0: One woman mourns the death of her father and what she thought was the love of her life. Down but not defeated, she puts her natural skills to use by launching her own detective agency. Her cases start with AWOL husbands, common and disobedient daughters. But when a local child goes missing, she must prove that she really has what it takes when it really counts. The detective, Mara Matzwe. The book, The Number One Lady's Detective Agency. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's, let's get lit! and this is alexis and you're listening to lit society a show about books and drama alexis how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well good good did you do anything fun this week that you'd like Mm -hmm. to share my my self-care was i
1: did my own hair and it's cute i I always do my own hair but But sometimes i did it Yeah, I just like, oh, I'm going to do something. And I do and I kind of play around with it. So
0: Yeah, I like it. I love it. Were you you inspired by this book?
1: Oh, no,
0: but yes. (laughs) No, not at all. But yes, absolutely. How about that? That's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now let's move on to Society Says. And this is the part of our show, Readers, where we share your comments with the rest of our lit society. Alexis, is there a comment you like to share that you thought was particularly lit?
1: Yes, yes. I went out to our Dear Apple podcast to see what was popping. Okay. okay. What was <laughs> popping. And this comment is from Podcast Ash 624 And they said, listen up, bookworms. I love these ladies. Listening to their friendly banter makes me feel like I'm their friend. And we're all just chatting about books. Whether I've read the book or not, they provide interesting insight and great commentary on literature ranging from classics to pop culture. I hope they continue to mix up the genres. Keep up the pause. You both inspire me to keep reading. Thank you so much, Podcast Ash 624. (laughs) I love that comment.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you so much.
1: How about you, Kyrie? Did you find a comment that you thought lit and you wanted to share with I our did. lit
0: readers? Hey, <laughs> I did. This one's from Instagram and it comes from Dexter J twelve nineteen. And I asked him again. This is part of our survey where we were asking a select group of listeners. You know how'd you hear about us and what would you change if you had to change something? Dexter says he heard about us through Kylie Reed. Thank you again, Kylie. Thank you, um, <laughs> Kylie. And he says, I love this. Your podcast gave me the feeling of belonging. That was about a year ago, and I've enjoyed it ever since. I wouldn't change a thing. It's like a discussion with my homegirls. It's always informative, entertaining, and witty. And he mentions he was reading The Nickel Boys, but it got a little dark uh, for him. Understandable. Mm -hmm. So when he um, heard or watched us uh, review that book, it. Gave him the spark he needed to go back into it and enjoy it. So he says, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wishing you both all the best and continued thank success. Thank you
1: so much. I appreciate the Thank we. you, Dexter. Yes we, do. yes, we appreciate that feedback.
0: Remember, listeners, to have your comment read on the show, please message us on, you know, social media, Instagram, probably not Facebook, YouTube. Uh, We especially love when you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review along with a comment about why you love our show, and we might share what you've written on our podcast. Thank you. Now it's time for our theme of the week. Each Uh week, readers, we choose a theme to discuss based on the book we're reading. But sometimes we don't. <laughs> I <laughs> love when they start out put, like this. Sometimes we put Alexis on the spot. Oh, no. And I'm oh, no. bringing back oh. a game called Who Said That? Who oh, don't
1: do who me said that? like that. Who, it's,
0: said, who that? said That? Who Said That? Who, who is is that? Said That is a game who said that? where we ask Alexis that? to that? please remember who said that. Who, who right? Said That? Is, <laughs> And it's based on books we've featured on our show. Oh, my God. Alexis, Did I, I read you. them? Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did, girl. Now, we're going to put a twist on it. Um, if you don't know, readers, we had the opportunity to interview Kylie Reid. Uh, we spent an evening chatting it up. Cry. And we played a game called Culture Tags. And we're going to play that game with Alexis now. Solo. Oh. So if you're listening at home, I'm going to read out the acronym. I'll explain the rules. But if you're watching it on YouTube, it'll be a lot easier and you can play along. Um, so, Alexis, <laughs> I don't even want to respond. I'm going to show you a card with an acronym on it and tell you which book it's from, along with a clue. All you have to do is guess the acronym of <laughs> uh, uh, the book. The no, acronym is uh, the a card. Book. Oh, the card. The okay. card, okay? And um, I'll only use books that we read this season. All right? Oh, let me put 90 seconds on the clock. If you get five points, I'll give you a million dollars. Each card is worth a point. <laughs> and I got you. I got it. Okay, here we go. All right, the book is Convenience Store Woman and the acronym I-C-D-B-A-B-M. Okay, so this is what our protagonist and convenience store woman, uh, Keiko Furukura, Furukura, I'm right. This is what, what it
1: says.
0: I can do bad all by myself. Yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even get out the clue, girl. You good. That's right. I can do bad all by myself. That's what she tells her little boyfriend at the end of the book. All right, next acronym, W-D-I-T-D-A-C-T-L. Now, I'm going to take this the Song of Solomon, okay? There was something that Ruth dead was doing in the dark, or I shouldn't even use words in the acronym. Sorry, but there was something that Ruth dead was doing that she thought no one would know. <laughs> something mildly shameful until the janitor found out. You remember
1: where her oh, baby oh, boy oh, Milkman oh.
0: t- was dead in the dark? You getting me? You uh huh uh huh. <laughs> All comes out in the light. All Always comes, comes to the light. The light. Brilliant, Come girl, to light. Oh. hey, I'm good at this. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> Moving Woo-hoo. on. This is W D L O P R P R L O U, and this is from Malcolm X. These are. Oh. This is actually an exact quote that Malcolm used to explain that unlike um, pilgrims who came here, Puritans, I should say, and um, created colonies, uh, Black Americans didn't you know we didn't um arrive on this landmark this landmark arrived on us we don't like other people <laughs>
1: riding
0: no okay just two more wait i thought the time was up no no you got two more and oh. that's um, we didn't land on plymouth rock plymouth rock landed on that oh, yeah okay okay I- Moving on, Trevor Noah, uh, Born a Crime. When we were reading this book, um, it became clear that Trevor was a hustler. He was going to find <laughs> a way to make a dollar He was um, he because was. he had the desire. And this acronym, W-T-A-W-T-A-W, <laughs> mm. is the motto of hustlers. Mm. Because if you have the desire, you'll find the... When the... Uh... <laughs>
1: What's another what word the?
0: for desire? Like if you want, mm-mm. if you have the drive, if
1: you then you'll
0: find the method. That's right, where there's a will, where there's, there's, a, will, there's a way. <laughs> and finally, uh, okay, Nancy Drew in the secret of the old clock. This is what the <laughs> reader often says in their head. When Nancy is breaking into homes and stealing people's antique um, clocks (laughs) (laughs) and doing anything but minding her business. Nancy. Ooh, black Twitter would say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) According to culture (laughs) tags, yes. (laughs) There are only 24 of them things in a day, and I can't spend a minute on this. Because... Oh, I should know this, shouldn't I? Hey. But I don't. No problem. That's ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time that. for that. Mm. Thank you for playing. And if you guys want to see Kylie Reed, uh take a bite of that game, please. Switch on over to our uh interview with Kylie Reed on YouTube. Not right mm. now. Also, the bonus episode it's a lot of fun. Okay, Alexis, are you ready to move on? Yeah, I am. Okay, great. Yeah. Let's take a break. Can you give us some context on our book, Number One Ladies' Detective Agency, and our author?
1: Okay, so our author is Alexander McCaw Smith. He's often referred to as Sandy, um, and he's one of the world's most prolific and best loved authors. He is British-born in Zimbabwe, and he's educated in Zimbabwe, and at 17, moved from Zimbabwe to Scotland and attended the University of Edinburgh where he uh, earned an LLB, which is a Bachelor of Laws, and a PhD. Um, For many years, he was a professor of medical law and worked in universities in the UK and abroad before turning his hand to writing fiction. He has written and contributed to more than 100 books, including specialist academic titles, short story collections, and a number of immensely popular children's books. He entered a literary contest Which produced his first book called The White Hippo, and it's a children's book that was produced in 1980. The Number One Ladies Detective Agency is the first detective novel for Alexander, and it was first published in Scotland in 1998. After publishing the second and third novels in the series, all three were released in the United States in 2002, and it was popular. It didn't pick up in England, though, until the release of the fifth novel in the series. He found his success, his success with the publication, the number one ladies' detective agency series. After that, Alexander practically became a household name. The series has now sold over 20 million copies in the English language alone. And since the books took off, he's devoted his time to writing. The book was adapted to screen in 2007 and adapted to stage in the fall of 2015, where it was performed in Cape Town, South Africa. He has several series books, and they have been translated into 46 languages, and they've become bestsellers throughout the world. Uh, Among those is 44 Scotland Street, which is a 14-book series, Uh, The Sunday Philosophy Club, which is a 16-book series, and then another um, one, which is Portuguese Irregular Verbs, is a five book series. And then I think more recently, he created uh, A Man Precious for Matsue, Mysteries for Young Readers. I think there's a couple more, but in addition to the series that he's written, he's also written a number of standalone novels, including Emma, a reworking of the classic Jane Austen novel. He has also authored, as mentioned before, a lot of nonfiction titles. He's got a lot of awards. He's got um, honorary doctorates. Uh, he visits Botswana uh, at least once a year.
0: Kari, did, do you have anything you wanted to share
1: about Alexander?
0: Um, so Alexander Sandy, as I call him. Oh, friends, <laughs> friend, friend. <laughs> Hold on. A couple of things about him. He seems to have a genuine love of the people of Zimbabwe, for the people of Zimbabwe. Like you said, he was born there and basically grew up there, uh, left when he was 17. And you said he went to the University University the of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Uh-huh. So I think he um, still is a professor now at, at the University of Edinburgh, um, a lawyer professor, because he's mm-hmm. a, he's like a lawyer by trade, a lawyer, right. writer. He seems very intelligent. Um, the idea for my, um, what's her last name? Ramatswe. Okay, the idea for Ma Ramatwe, I heard, came to him when he and his friends was wa- were watching a woman chase a chicken. Oh, yeah,
1: I remember reading that.
0: <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Okay, I, don't, I didn't he- see him say that as a quote, so I'm just saying that's what I heard. It seems like he didn't know this woman um, personally. I don't know if he knew. So he is also, like, British, like you said. So he's a yeah. white man born in Zimbabwe. So... This main character is like an amalgamation of the different characters that he actually uh, came across throughout his life. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got on him. I don't know well, if that's insightful it. at all. I love it. All right. And now, can you please give us a brief, no-spoiler synopsis of the number one ladies' detective agency?
1: After the death of her beloved father, my precious Ramotswe opens the only ladies' detective agency in all Botswana. Together with the support of her assistant and her mechanic friend, she solves cases of employee fraud
0: to suspected
1: murder. Kari, who do you think would love reading this book?
0: I think this is a nice, uh, fun, if you're looking for a book that isn't serious at all um, and is kind of like a little um, bit of good humor, (laughs) then maybe you would like this book. You're not necessarily going to, in my opinion, going to take away some... Um, big meaty theme from it but you might have a good time entertaining yourself uh yeah (laughs) reading it i'm trying not to step on the final verdict yeah that's who i think would enjoy it what about you alexis what were your first thoughts of the number one ladies detective agency
1: so this book was recommended to me many moons ago by a colleague and friend and at one point in my life, I wanted to be a private detective. So I was immediately what? interested. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I went to school for, um, uh, to be a paralegal. And I was hoping that that would um, lead off into, you know, the possibility of being a detective. But I think I needed to do some um, police schooling as well. So,
0: and you I tried. You were mind. like a, a um, not a parole officer. What do you call no. him? <laughs> Correctional officer, you was. I love. was not in my <laughs> life. <laughs> Professional snitch. <laughs> no, that's so illuminating. Okay, very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get that deep dive into the number one ladies detective agency with spoilers. So very mild trigger warning. You are going to just um, touch briefly, very quickly on assault of the sexual nature. And which abuse. This book And abuse. That's true, yeah. Um, emotional and physical abuse. Um, but very briefly, that is not the subject of this book, but listeners should know. All right, Alexis, take it away.
1: Thank you. Okay, so part one all one needs for a detective agency is human intuition and three cups of bush tea. Now, Matsue set up the number one ladies' detective agency with the proceeds of the sale of her father's cattle. He owned a big herd and had no other children, so all 180 of those cattle went right to Mao Ramatsue when he died. While on his deathbed, he told Ma Ramatswe he wanted her to have her own business. She could get a good price for the cattle, sell them, buy a business, maybe a butchery, a bottle store, you know, whatever you like. <laughs> Ma Ramatswe was like, she took her father's hand in her hand and through her tears she told her father she was going to set up a detective agency down he was in like,
0: Gabaroni. No, you idiot. And then he died. Right. He died. <laughs> exactly. It was like, but but I said, oh you idiot <laughs>
1: Uh, There was uh, public interest in the agency when she set it up. She had a radio interview. In that interview, they questioned her qualifications. Then there was a positive news article, and she placed that on a board outside the agency. It was a slow start, but soon her services were in considerable demand. And she handled cases for missing husbands, creditworthiness of potential business partners and suspected fraud by employees. And in almost every case, she was able to come up with at least some information for her client. And when she could not, she waived her fee. And she quickly learned that people had a loose tongue, especially when you told them that you were a private investigator. Yeah, word of mouth was five. Let me tell you a little bit about this father she loved so much. His name was Obed, and he worked in the mines of Johannesburg and would return to uh, Botswana once a year. He had a wife there. And while in South Africa, he made a point of saving his money and buying cattle. Cattle are the prized possession of the people of Botswana. One day, while in the mines, he came across some men throwing another man off a cliff. Well, to avoid suffering that same death, he returned to Botswana. A few years after he returned from Botswana, his wife died, and Precious was only four at the time. Her father brought in a cousin to help raise her. And that cousin trained Ma Ramatwe well. And by the time she went to school at six, the teacher praised the cousin for her fine job teaching Ma Ramatwe. The cousin looked over, um, looked after mom for eight years until she herself got married. She married a wealthy man who had two buses. She wanted Precious to come live with her, but her father wanted her to stay with him. Precious was good at drawing while in school, and one year she entered an art competition for children. In this competition, she found that she won the prize. So her teacher, her father, the principal, all went to collect the award. I think they had to drive over to Gaborone, which is, I think, the capital city. When they arrived, Precious noticed her drawing had a label referring to her drawing as um, Cattle Beside dam." Precious was immediately concerned. She was like, "I don't want this prize. It would be for a lie. I drew a picture of goats." <laughs> so when the um, minister of education went to present her with the prize, Precious was like, "Wait, wait. Um, I can't accept this because I drew a picture of goats and that's very of honest says it's cattle." Mm-hmm. So the minister of education looked at the picture and he's like, "Hey." It looks like ghosts goes to me. They got it wrong and you get the prize. You know, you the most truthful child I ever had. (laughs) When Precious turned 16, she was like bored with life and maturity with her father. She was just, you know, not with her father, but just life and maturity. No, she
0: had a good father. She was just a teenager and bored. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So her father said, okay, you can go live with your cousin. But he knew like a man would be right around the corner trying to marry her. And he wanted her to he wanted to protect her from bad choices and men, but he didn't want to hold her back. And he felt the cousin and the cousin's husband, though, they would be able to look out for her and guide her. The cousin had been married several years by this point, and they had increased their business, their buses by three. So they had five (laughs) buses. They was doing a darn thing. He felt. (laughs) So he felt like. If she got into a point where she would be dating somebody or ready to marry, she'd fall in love and it'd be like a form of blindness that closed her eyes to most of the to the most glaring of faults. And then he said, whoever listened to warnings about somebody they love. And so he was really concerned and he wanted to look out for his daughter very much. Well, when Ma'am Ramatswe, when Ma Ramatswe arrived with her cousin, she got a job at the family business and started, you know, outworking the current employees because, you know, that's how she is. She's truthful. She got a good memory. She's a studious and hard worker. Hm, you know, she can't help but outwork the current employees. <laughs> her cousin's husband noticed it right away, but so did the other workers. So they said, is you trying to steal our jobs? <laughs> she was like, How do these people get to be so lazy? Ma'am, my Ramasma my, my was just like, I'll even do extra work. So she did. She started checking the accounting books. She found little errors, which the cousin explained her girl cousin explained what um, that was common because they run this bus company so if the bus gets crowded it's common to have um, incorrect change so we don't worry about little things like that but then one day Mara Maswe found a $2,000 Pula error you're working too hard one of the clerks said to her you are trying to take our jobs Precious looked at them blankly she had always worked as hard as she could at everything she did and she simply did not understand how anybody could do otherwise. How could they sit there as they did, and stare into the space in front of their desk when they could be adding up figures or checking their driver's returns? She did her own checking, often unasked, and although everything usually added up, now and then she found a small discrepancy. These came from the giving of incorrect change, the cousin explained. It was easy enough to do on a crowded bus, And as long as it was not too significant, they just ignored it. But Precious found more than this. She found a discrepancy of slightly over 2,000 Pula in the fuel bill's invoices, and she drew this to the attention of her cousin's husband. Are you sure? he asked. How could 2,000 Pula go missing? Stolen? said Precious. The cousin's husband shook his head. He regarded himself as a model employer, a paternalist, yes, but that is what the men wanted, was it not? He could not believe that any of his employees would cheat him. How could they, when he had been so good to them and did so much for them? Precious showed him how the money had been taken and they jointly pieced together how it had been moved out of the right account into another one and had then eventually vanished altogether. Only one of the clerks had access to these funds, so it must have been him. There could be no other explanation. She did not see the confrontation, but heard it from the other room. The clerk was indignant, shouting his denial at the top of his voice. Then there was silence for a moment and the slamming of a door. This was her first case. This was the beginning of the career of Myra Mosway. She was checking the books and learned that 2,000 Pula was missing, and she took it to her cousin's husband. When he found out, he was confused because he was like, I'm a good employer. And I take care of my employees. My Ramaswe showed him how the money had been taken. She could see the trail in the books. And then together, they pieced together how the money was moved from one account to another. Only one clerk had access to those funds. And so he told my Ramaswe that it could be only one person. So he immediately approached and terminated this fella. This was my Ramotswe's first case and the beginning <laughs> of her career as a number one detective. As mentioned, cattle was a prized possession in Botswana. If you had a lot of cattle, you were doing very well. My Ramotswe thought, cattle is like humans. If you got a thin ratchet cow, then you got ratchet owners for sure. If you got a listless cow, like a cow who... Aimlessly roams about, then the owners lacked focus. If you got a dishonest man, you got a dishonest cattle. You got dishonest cattle. They cheat <laughs> other cattle out of food. And Obed, her father, was a fe- severe man when it came to both cattle and men. So he knew his cattle and he knew men. Introducing Note Makoti. My Matsue met Note on a bus to visit her father. When she was living with her cousin, she would go back and see her father from time to time. And one time she saw this cutie on the bus. Okay. She was looking at him from the back seat and he turned around and he looked at her and he was like, I see you
0: looking at me. I'm looking at you looking at me. I see
1: you. Right. Right. So she kept watching and then he got off the bus.
0: She got off the
1: bus too. Mm-mm. She started following this man and learned he was a jazz player who played in a band. You know what that is? So, mean? you
0: know, he ain't got no cows.
1: <laughs> no cattle.
0: That no man cattle. ain't got a single cattle.
1: No cattle. He ain't Mm-mm. focused right. That should have been her first clue. So, he invited her to come hear his band play, and Mara Masue was excited because now she had a boyfriend. <laughs> After several meetups, he proposed to Mara Masue. Then he violently took her virginity and three weeks later went to her father to ask if he could marry her. He flipped quick, really quick. It was moments. Yeah. Her father said he's going to have to speak to Ma or well, first. He told Ma she didn't have to marry anyone she didn't want to. She didn't have to marry him. She, she just didn't have to. Those days were over. There's no need to put yourself in a I have to marry this man. Position, well, yeah, because her point, father
0: was intending to give her everything she needed to survive on her own and be autonomous. Mm-hmm. So he was like a forward thinker. She didn't need a man to justify her existence, especially not this man. The daddy knew right away. He knew this man was no good.
1: Yeah, at this point, Myra Masway could have said no. Her father wanted her to say no because he had sensed that note was no good, as Carrie mentioned. But Myra Masue wanted to marry him. She even thought, I know he's a bad man. And by bad man, I mean he was physically abusive. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: Myra Masue knew that. You know what? She felt like a lot of women do. She felt like she could change him. She lived for the meetings with Note. She was addicted to him. She wanted to be with Note. Well, after they got married, she mentioned. Being pregnant. He told her that baby wasn't his baby. He told her, (laughs) don't you ever talk about that baby again. And then he beat her badly, sending her to the doctor. Well, now he didn't send her. She went on to the doctor herself. Mm -hmm. The doctor urged her not to return to that abusive relationship. However, he knew because he had seen these situations before and he told her to be careful. When she returned home the next day, note was gone. He took all his stuff and even slashed the mattress. Now, what was the point of that? He's a petty man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A neighbor found someone to take her back to her father. There, Mara cared for her father for the next 14 years until he died when Mara was 34. She was a mother for five days and a veteran of a nightmare marriage. After that marriage, she never wanted to marry again. Part 2. Well, so
0: the physical abuse led to the baby not lasting, right? Yeah. So yeah. we should emphasize that. That man was really bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: They don't, they don't um, outright say that in the book because her last visit to the doctor, she was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the baby did live for five days and died. Mara Masue received the money from the sale of the cattle. The lawyer told her she had a lot of money. She could buy a house, a business, do it. Just like her <laughs> father, you know. My Masui so said, yes, I'm going to do both of them. He said, okay, I'm glad to help. I can give you advice on that. Um, what kind of business you going to do? She said, a detective agency. He <laughs> said, uh, ain't none of them for sale. No, but seriously, what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they don't even have those here. Mm-hmm. She said, No, I know. I'ma start one from scratch. He said, You you know you could easily lose this money, right? If <laughs> you make a bad business decision, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Then he said, Can women even be detectives? Is that a you thing? Know what? <laughs> She's like, Have you ever heard of Agatha Christie? And besides that, you talking with your pants unzipped, yo nasty. <laughs> 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 and, um, you know, she walked out the office and she found her a <laughs> place of business on the edge of town where a lot of people would pass. And she saw this almost as effective as having something in the daily news. The building had been run down by squatters. And when the owner returned, he removed them from the building. So the building had been empty a year, but it was badly damaged. People had come in to see the building previously and it was like, ooh. Too much work and backed out. But Ma offered cash for the builder and the owner took it in a hurry. She called in a builder to fix it all up. All the damage, she painted it. She brought curtains and splurged on the purchase of new desks. Two new desks, two new chairs. Yes. Her friend, Mr. J.L.B. mataconi they were friends when her father was alive. So he's a longtime friend. He fixed up a typewriter for her that she could work on. Ma Ramaswe went over to the secretary of school and hired her a secretary and an assistant, I tell you, because how can you have a detective agency without Enough? an assistant?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. That's what she got. <laughs> this uh, Ma Kutsi was a widow of a teacher and she had just passed exams with a 97%. Ma Ramaswe wanted the best for her school and it sounded like Ma was the one. Part three. So now we know a little bit about Mara Matsue, her father, her upbringing, how she became the number one lady, the number one lady owning a detective agency. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about a couple of her cases. She had plenty of cases, I tell you, plenty. And the book tells you about them. I'm only going to discuss two of those cases. The first case, and it was her very first case, is the case of the missing man
0: hmm The missing husband.
1: The missing husband, yes. <laughs> the missing husband. When the agency opened, they waited around for a client to come, and eventually the first client arrived, Ma Malazzi. Her husband had gone missing. He was 40. He was a biz- He had a business. He was selling furniture. So maybe he was running from creditors. Nah, that's not it. The business was doing well. Well, what about cheating? Nah, Ma Malazzi said, That could have been an option a year ago, but since he joined this church, I don't think that's the answer. He he wanted his wife to come to join this church with him, but she was like, nah, that's not for me. Maybe you go along. So Ma agreed to take the case. Ma Ramatwe agreed to take the case. She checked out all the Christian churches in the area and finally found the one Ma Malazzi's husband joined. When she met the Reverend, she knew right away the search was over. <laughs> when he mentioned Malati, the Malati name, the Reverend said, hey, "Who who are you? You the police? You the police?" <laughs> 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 and she's like, "No, I'm a detective. I'm a detective, not the police. I'm a detective." Well, he said, "Okay, well, yeah, he did join. All right, we we do know him, um, but he said he wasn't married, so." But he did come up missing. Here's the story. The reverend said he took his like six disciples or church members down to the, the water. water. It was baptism mm-hmm. day, right? He took mm-hmm. six sinners in and only five came out. He said they were standing in chest deep water. And when he turned around, there was only five sinners remaining. God had taken one of his people in the bosom. Or an alligator or whatever. no. <laughs> God had taken his person and oh, that's what person. the preacher said. Yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Settle oh, down it's, only now. F- it's only five of y'all. One must've went to heaven. That is logical. This yep. is the preacher talking. That is what mm-hmm. he said. My Ramaswe
1: wanted to know why he didn't take it to the police. And the Reverend said he was concerned that the police would excuse him and take money. The church don't have my Ramaswe was like, um, he was concerned
0: about the money. <laughs> Okay. That's a shame. All right.
1: He said, but Ma Ramatsue was like, you know, it's rainy season and even a good swimmer will have difficulty. But if you're a non swimmer, you don't have no chance. So, what Ma Ramatsue did later that evening, she goes out with a blanket, her neighbor's dog, and a rifle and goes to sit by the river when Mr. Malazzi disappeared. And after waiting a while, she sees what she's looking for a crocodile. (gasps) She shoots the croc. Cuts him open, sees the contents of his stomach bangles, rings, a wristwatch. She takes the wristwatch to my Malati and asks if this is her husband's property. She says, Yes, the case is
0: solved. That was her very first case. She had a <laughs> few cases after that. What a downer. Can I just say this man was obviously eating? It's a crocodile or alligator? I don't know. Crocodile. The so this man was obviously eaten by a crocodile when he was getting baptized. But it's not sad when you read it. It's just like, oh, man remains. She solved the case. Solved the case. <laughs> the lady... this, your, this your husband wristwatch? And the woman's like, yes, I solved it. <laughs> well, I did it.
1: <laughs> but the lady is also like, oh, OK, well, all right. Give me his stuff. I'll go. She wasn't yeah. like emotionally attached. So nah, later, my it was like, I wonder, did she really kill him? <laughs> a, well, oh maybe not. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Her reaction wasn't quite right. Did she send him mm-hmm. out there? After her first few cases, she decides to purchase uh, a book by Clovis Anderson. On detection. This book is on detection. It's called The Principles of Private Detection. And she then kind of uses this book as a guide in her cases. Um, At one point, Mara Matsue says she is like putting out more money than she's getting. So her friend, J.O.B. Mataconi recommends she picks up a rich client. Well, what happens next? In pops, she get a rich client. A rich mm-hmm. client. Mr. Patel, Mr. Patel is one of the wealthiest men in the country, if not the wealthiest, but amongst the Botswana is counted as little because none of his money has gone into cattle and money not (laughs) invested in cattle, as everyone knew, is but dust in the mouth. Now, Mr. Patel had four children, one son, twin daughters, and a young daughter of 16. Her name was Nadira. Nadira does well in school, but she is a modern teenager and she wants to do things her on her own. Mr. Patel had married off his older, his twin daughters, you know, and set them up fine. They're living in their family compound with their husbands and everybody has a Mercedes. Life is good. But Nadira is 16. She don't want nobody making and choosing her husband for her. She want to be like modern. OK, mm-hmm. modern people. But Mr. Patel believes his daughter is seeing a boy in secret. And even if she denies it, he knows there's one and he will not allow it. Not in his house. He don't care what the outside modern people are doing. It's not going to happen in his house. So he told Nadira, I don't care what the other kids do. In my house, we're not doing that modern stuff. My Ramaswe my, my says, sir, I'm a modern woman. I understand those modern ideas. He said, listen, lady, (laughs) I need your help to figure out who my daughter is seeing so I can go have a conversation with him. Are you going to take this case or not? She said, she'll take it. So the next day, she goes to the school and she waits out for Nadira. When Nadira finally comes out, my Masue follows her on foot. Nadira walks a few blocks. My Ramatswe is following behind at a reasonable follow without crowding her subject she like thinks. Clovis uh-huh. Anderson says. <laughs> and as Nadira turns the corner, she holds back and waits. And when she finally goes to turn that corner, Nadira has gone. She like, damn it, I'm not listening to Clovis (laughs) no more about this. This don't make sense. (laughs) So Mara Maswe decides she didn't have time to go very far. She could have gone into this house or this house. So I'm going to go check and see in one of these houses which one she's in. So she goes to the door pretending to be somebody from the school, and she said, I'm looking for a boy named Sifo. And they tell her no one lives here by their name. She presses a bit more and she learns that it can't be this house or the house across the street.
0: Mabramatswe Matswe was puzzled. It was a quiet road and there were not more than three houses on either side of it, at least in the direction in which Nandira had been going. But these houses all had gates and driveways, and bearing in mind that she had only been out of view for a minute or so, Nandira would not have had time to disappear into one of these houses. Mara Matwe would have seen her in a driveway or going in through a front door. If she had gone into one of the houses, thought Maramatswe, Matsue, then it must be one of the first two, as she would certainly not have been able to reach the houses farther along the road. So perhaps the situation was not as bad as she had thought it might be. All she would have to do would be to check up on the first house on the right-hand side of the road and the first house on the left. She stood still for a moment, and then she made up her mind. Walking as quickly as she could, she made her way back to the tiny white van and drove back along the route on which she had so recently followed Nandira. Then, parking the van in front of the house on the right, she walked up the driveway towards the front door. When she knocked on the door, a dog started to bark loudly inside the house. Mara Matswe knocked again, and there came the sound of somebody silencing the dog. <laughs> Quiet, B-song! Quiet! I know, I know! Then the door opened and a woman looked out at her. Mara could tell that she was not a Matswana. She was a West African, probably a Ghanaian, judging by the complexion and the dress. Ghanaians were Mara Matswe's favorite people. They had a wonderful sense of humor and were always inevitably in a good mood. Haloma, Ma, said Mara "'I'm sorry to disturb you, but I'm looking for Sifo.' The woman frowned. "'Sifo? There's no Sifo here.' Mabramatswe shook her head. "'I'm sure it was this house. I'm one of the teachers from the secondary school, you see, and I need to get a message to one of the form four boys. I thought that this was his house.' The woman smiled. "'I've got two daughters,' she said, "'but no son. Could you find me a son, do you think?' "'Oh, dear,' said Ramatswe, sounding harassed. "'Is it the house over the road, then?' "'The woman shook her head. "'That's that Ugandan family,' she said. "'They've got a boy, but he's only six or seven, I think.' Ramatswe made her apologies and walked back down the drive. She had lost Nandira on the very first afternoon, and she wondered whether the girl had deliberately shrugged her off. Could she possibly have known that she was being followed?' This seemed most unlikely, which meant that it was no more than bad luck that she had lost her. Tomorrow, she would be more careful. She would ignore Clovis Anderson for once and crowd her subject a little more.
1: That evening, Mr. Patel calls her to get an update. He's like, you got the case solved yet? What's the answer? You Surely you know the answer now. <laughs> She's like, well, no, I, I, don't, I don't have the information yet. He said, well, if you don't have it... I was able to get some information. I found a note in our home, and it says, see you tomorrow, Jack. Who is Jack? Is Jack a girl's name? I need to know everything about him. So he is like a little ruffled in the feathers, and my roommate said, I'm still checking. I'll figure it out. So the next day, she follows Nadira again, and this time, she's picked up by a woman in a vehicle, and... Then she learns that there's another girl in the car, so they like go over to the mall. And so and she wants to make sure that she doesn't lose her, lose her. So she's gonna crowd her properly. And this time, Nadira, when she's in the mall, she goes to like um, a blouse shop, an African blouse rack, kind of hangs around. And then my Ramaswe kind of follows her there. And then they go into a bookstore. And my Ramaswe goes in there. And while she's in the bookstore, she kind of gets caught up reading a book about snakes. <laughs> and she loses them again. <laughs> so she gets concerned and she runs outside to see if the car is still there. But the car, she sees the car driving away. But notices that the mom is in there, so she goes back in and she asks the woman at the African blouse dance stand if she saw Nadira and her friend. And the woman's like, she's like, yeah, sorry, I think they went to the cinema. And uh, she's like, you're a detective, because I, I got other stories I could tell you as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you know, maybe later. I'll keep you in mind, but I, I'm busy right now. I'll come back for you. So. She checks the time at the cinema, at the theater, to see what time the next movie is showing and um decides to return later. When she gets home, guess who she's getting a call from? Mr. Ma- Mr. Patel. He, he wants patient. to know.
0: It's been like, yeah, you've had two chances now. It's just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is taking like you 16. so
1: long? <laughs> she's yeah. like, my daughter says she's going to study with a friend and I'm not convinced. And I'm convinced it's Jack. My Ramazwe is like, Yeah, I think so too. I'm gonna to check and see what they're doing tonight, okay? I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow. So, my Ramazwe arrives at the cinema at the time of the show and she sees Nadira and she's keeping a safe distance. But Nadira sees her and she's looking back, like, Hmm, okay. And then she mm-hmm. looked back again at it, like, mm-hmm. She's making my Ramazwe uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> And then she finally comes and she sits next to my and asks, "Is the seat is free. She like, uh, well, yes, yes, you can
0: sit here. She said, you know, I, I saw you today. Why have you been following me all these days? Mm-hmm. I saw and you. you're not good at this. She was like, oh,
1: yes. I, I was reading a book about snakes. He's like, uh-huh, yeah. And I noticed that the lady at the blouse shop told me you asked about me. So what's up? Mm-hmm. What's going on? So, my wantssway is honest, so she's not gonna lie. She tells her, "Your father wants to know if you're seeing boys, okay?" Der says, "Look, I made jack up. I'm not going out with any boys, really. Um I just want my family to think I have a boyfriend uh, and somebody that I chose, not they chose so."
0: Yeah. Can you tell my father to, you know, lighten up a little bit? So this is great because um, the girl knows that Ma is like a modern woman, too. And so she's trying to appeal to her modern woman sensibilities and flip her and get her to be on her team instead of her father's team. You know, kids
1: are smart. Kids are smart. Mm -hmm. Kids are smart. So (laughs) my reminds is like, okay. I'll, I'll try and talk to your father. And they sit and watch the movie That together. was so
0: easy. And, and she take her home. <laughs> and now it. she the cab driver too. Taking her home from her uh, excursions. Ridiculous. Come on, Ma. Yeah.
1: So the next day, Ma Ramazway calls Mr. Patel. And she tells him the good news is there is no boyfriend. Nadira made that up. She just wants freedom. Can you just consider giving her a little freedom in her life? He was like, okay, I'll think about it. Case
0: solved. Mm-hmm. So
1: Ma <laughs> said, you know, I, I really thought I would see Nadira, like, you know, just on the street somewhere, you know, when I'm shopping or something around every, every once in a while. and But she doesn't. She doesn't actually see her until about a year later um, when she's with a friend. Well, Ma is having tea at the President Hotel. And she sees Nadira with a young man. The man, what's the
0: young man's name, Alexis, (laughs) introduces himself. He said, hi, my name is Jack.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of little cases like that. Um, There's a case about a stolen car. There's a case about a handsome man. There's a case about a confused doctor. But we're not going to tell all the cases. We're not. We're gonna bring it to a close right here.
0: you're not gonna talk about the little boy
1: I'm not gonna talk about the little boy that's like
0: the main case
1: that is the main case uh, okay, <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about the the okay. Um, boy okay, so with the boy, after she had had a few cases, she got a um a letter in the mail, a handwritten letter from a teacher in a kind con- uh, another country maybe. Yeah, I think it's another country or is it another city within Botswana? Anyway, it's a good distance away. And when she receives this letter, she's like, you know, I I can't really do anything with this. And the way it sounds, it sounds like this kid is dead. The kid is 11 years old. And um, she's like, I, I mean, I really can't do anything with this. So as time goes on in the letter, though, the father asks, I don't have money to pay for this. But I will, um, but if you could look into it, you know, while you're doing your cases, if you could look into it along the way, um, get some information, I would really appreciate that. You know, she's really heartbroken that she can't really help this, um, this family.
0: Father, yeah. Yeah,
1: And because she really does think the child is dead, she thinks they got involved with some witchcraft and the people came, the witchcraft people came and took the child away. That's what she's thinking. That's what everybody's thinking because that has happened. And in fact, that is based on a story that actually happened. That story Mm. that's included in the book. So anyway, so as she goes along, you know, she doesn't think much about it, but then something comes up. A car um, accident happened and her dear friend, JLB Matacone is working on this car. And then in it, he finds, like, a bag of bones and mm-hmm. something else. I don't know. I just remember. No, it was a finger. It was a finger in it. And he finds this bag. And in this bag, he sees these things. And he's, like, really nervous about it. Because the guy whose car is it, it's in is, like, one really good, wealthy, powerful man in the country. And he was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to take his stuff, but... You know, if you find out people are involved in witchcraft, you know, people don't like telling that. If you find out mm-hmm. people are like, oh, that's shameful. You you do that. So it's not a good look to have. So nobody would want to be found with that. And um, they found it in his car. And he came across. So if he were to bring it up, it might it might awkward. make the man retaliate. Yeah. yeah. And, and this guy is so power that he make your life miserable if you go mm-hmm. against him at all. So my Masue had a plan. She said, you know what? Do this. Tell that man his car got busted up in your shop and then um, you're going to replace it for free. But it don't look like nothing is stolen. But if something is, I have a friend that can fix it. That can get it back for you. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, the big boss, sends his guy in to come and check it out. He's like, what's going on? Why you, how you got a shop and you don't got no guards protecting this shop? He's like. And then he digs in the car and he cuts his arm, and it's like something is missing from the car. And JLB mm-hmm. He knew right away what to look for. Um, JLB says, um, You know what? I got a friend that can find it for you because I didn't know nothing was missing. <laughs> you know, I only know because you told me. But if you got something missing, I can help. My friend, she know everything. She got a detective agency down the street. So, yeah, just, you know, talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes down there to talk to her and she's like, Oh yeah, I already saw it. I actually found it. I it was some kids. Yeah, the kids stole your stuff. And you know, here it is, it's back. I'll give it to you. He's like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, are you accusing me of witchcraft? <laughs> she's like, No, no, but honestly, I I would like to know where you got it from so I can meet. This those is a people. human
0: Finger, Mm
1: -hmm. why do you have a finger? Now, she didn't ask him about that finger, she just (laughs) tried to mind her business because it's a powerful man. Remember, she couldn't Mm -hmm. approach him like that. All she could say was, You know, I could use some of those services as well. I could use them, I could use Mm -hmm. those services. So, he told her, he told her where to find the person. So, he shares his information, as we said, and then he finally goes over to um, she finally decides to go over. To where the witch doctor is, right? Um, I think it's like a four-hour drive away.
0: Anyway. It's really far it's in far, the middle of nowhere. In the mm-hmm. middle
1: of nowhere. So she goes one day and um, to the house, and the witch doctor, the man is not there, but the wife is there. So she kind of charged her up and was like... The wife is mean...
0: But also, like, abuse, obviously. Or, like, scared of yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So she's like, so what's good? Why you kill that kid? She's like, I, ain't, I didn't kill that mm-hmm. kid. That kid is still alive, for real. And I will take you to him. It's like, okay, you better take me to him. And then they're riding in his car because that's another four-hour drive, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, the, the wife of the witch doctor is like, well, you kind of rude because you're not even talking to me. She's like...
0: I ain't gotta talk
1: to you, you're only telling me this because I threatened to tell the police on you. So she ignores her the whole ride and the, you know the lady feels some type of way, but she likes so. So they finally get over to there and they talk it to the people. It's like a ranch, a cattle ranch, probably, right? They're at mm-hmm. a cattle ranch, and you see the boy over in the corner, and so the the wife goes and talks to them and asks to send the boy over. And while um, the lady, the wife, is talking to the cattle people and the boy comes back with ma, they get in the car and drive off and lead the lady there. <laughs>
0: yep. In the middle of nowhere for real. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Four hour
1: drive. She yeah. left. They left him there. They left him there. And of course, she drives the kid all the way back home. He's safe. He's not injured. It wasn't his finger. Um, that was also good news. He's in good, um, why they were abusive. Okay. Cause he, if he doesn't do what they say, they would hurt him. Um, yeah. so, but he is, but he's whole yeah, physically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He has, he has no miss, missing digits. So mm-hmm. she drives him all the way back to his father. And of course that truly is the end of the book.
0: Yeah. They're reunited. That's like the book. <laughs> I don't think so. Everything else is like leading up to that case. It it is
1: a whole um, one central story, but I I don't think it's a whole thing because there's so many little ones. But -hmm. anyway, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Okay.
0: All right. Sounds good. of reading this <laughs> like for me i felt like a lot of things were happening that didn't lead to anything so um i, I didn't really enjoy i was waiting for something to happen and then the book was over <laughs> so i felt like well what was that for why so no i wouldn't recommend the book i i know it's very popular people obviously enjoy it and it's a whole series Um, But there was no intrigue. I never was on the edge of my seat. All of these cases are just happening. I don't feel invested in the outcome. And I just, um, I thought it was kind of (laughs) silly and not in a good way. Uh, I also, I don't know why people write from POVs that they're not a part of. So he's a British author, born in Zimbabwe, uh, a man, and he's writing a black African woman's life. And surrounding her with a world of black Africans. I don't know why. (laughs) I just don't know why. And it might be fine and innocent, but it's like um, American Dirt or Memoirs of a Geisha. I don't know why that happens. I don't understand um, where you get off feeling like you can write other people's lives. And maybe it's fine.
1: Yeah. What makes you so comfortable?
0: Why do you feel so comfortable doing that? I don't know. It's just weird to me. It makes me feel weird. So, um, no, I wouldn't recommend it. What about you? What do you think? What was your, what's your final verdict? And would you recommend this book? So, yes,
1: I would recommend it. And because it is a light um, book, it, um, it's just very light. I like Mara Mansue, the character, I feel like it's a um, there's a little love story. There's a little detective work and that it's not big detective cases. This is not a murder mystery book. It's just real community work. You know, she's taking cases right from the community. And so this is actually my third time reading this book. And I've read 13 books in this series. So I, um, I do enjoy the book and the way he speaks about Africa in this book just warms my heart and the story continues in the series. You pick up their characters continue. You, um, see romances blossom and I, um, and I just love it because it's so light. It's not a major mental commitment. Um, Mm -hmm. I just like this light and easy story. And so I definitely would recommend this book.
0: I also felt like the arch for Ma's character wasn't strong enough. Like, what is she reaching for and what's stopping her that she overcomes? Uh, what do you think about that? What is her character going through? What's the purpose of her?
1: What's her purpose? She wants to have yeah. a successful detective agency. And, and she wants to be the best one in Botswana. Mm-hmm. And so that is what she's reaching for. So The people are coming to her and the more people come to her, the more people know about her. That's, that's what I think it is.
0: Mm -hmm. I,
1: I, I, um, yeah, it's not that deep.
0: Everything doesn't have to be Anna Karenina. Yeah.
1: It's not that deep. It's not. It's just really Mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's laid back, slow community. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Like you could just relax and read this. This indeed is a bee tree.
0: Mm -hmm. oh for sure (laughs) for sure yeah and it's not
1: like a big mental think um Mm -mm. it's it's not not taxing at all Mm -mm. I like it's really light the books are easy to read and I think they're fun because the little cases and the little quirks within the little cases are fun because they're just so light and if you want to take away um, a break from the pressures of the world you could definitely pick up this book without any um mental tax and read it through.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: what I like about it.
0: Yeah. And there are these mild um, problems that she's solving and that too can help when you feel stressed out to read about someone else. So really these are huge issues. There's like dead people. She's fine in body parts, but it's written in a way where it's just all it's fine. And it's uh, you, you <laughs> chuckle, you chuckle. Yeah. It's not a big, and move on. Uh, uh, uh.
1: it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, and it's, and it's fine. And I, I just mm-hmm. like the ease of it. I That's what it's I It's like tea.
0: About. This book is like tea. <laughs> it's not Henny. Oh. This is not a very complex cocktail no. here. This is tea. Mm-hmm. This ain't simple. even Earl Grey. It's just a lemon juice and ginger. It's bush that's tea.
1: Off. Correction. It's, it's, bush tea. <laughs> it's bush tea. It's bush tea. Thank you. And it's, Thank you know, you. it's pumpkin. Pumpkin and a little chicken. She love her yep. pumpkin. A pot of pumpkin. <laughs> I don't like You know, what it
0: feels like a children's book for adults. <laughs> and there's something in that. That's that's a, that's like um approaching it from that perspective, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. And we all need stress relievers. So, yeah, yeah it's a
1: children's book for adults. And mm-hmm. and he is a children's book writer, so I can and appreciate And he's a children's appreciate Yeah. that he's got a, a great series of children's books as well. So, I've never read any of the other series Books that he has out there, but I I definitely um, appreciate this one because it isn't, it is not a heavy book at all. And it's such an easy, um, relaxing book to read to just,
0: you know, take a break. All right. Well, that is fantastic. That is our show for this week. What are we reading next week, Alexis? Alexis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Angelus. People by Friedrich (laughs) Backman that's right anxious people so we'll see you listeners and watchers if you're watching us on YouTube remember the first episode of every month is a video podcast so you can see our faces on YouTube if you so prefer Um, thank you for listening to Lit Society we'll see you next Thursday Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera support the cause by leaving a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you love our show we love you too if you've enjoyed what you've just heard Tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And also visit LitSocietyPodShop.com to shop our merchandise. And until next time, you guys,
1: read read something. something.